is in your mouth. It's already there, but you need to put it to use. Unfortunately, there's a thing that creeps in to churches, to Christianity, to believers. They become sofa. I don't know, we shouldn't use that word because I don't think many South Africans use that word. A sofa is a couch. You get a two-seater and a three-seater and a dad-seater. Dad-seater has got only one seat, but it's the full length of a three-seater, you know. It's where dad goes and parks with his legs out. No, okay. But, but, but the couch Christian is, is a dangerous place to be. You sit on your couch, you sit in the living room, you shout amen at the preacher, but you never do anything to actually get the victory. There's nothing wrong with your belief. You actually believe. There's nothing wrong with the teaching per se that you're receiving, let's say. You're in a good church with a good message, and you're hearing the stuff, and you're shouting amen, but I've got sad news for you this morning. That is not sufficient to give you your breakthrough. It was amazing to me that the same Alvin was talking to Sean, and Sean went back to the 2020 thing, and Alvin did something incredible with Second Chronicles 2020. He said, Second Chronicles 2020 is not only about 2020, but about 2021, and I missed it. Honestly, the first time he said it, and the first time I listened to the sermon, I missed what he was talking about. I... I didn't realize what he was saying was, it's not just about chapter 20, verse 20, but it's about chapter 20, verse 21 also, and then he brought it through to 2020, the year, and 2021. And what it says in 2021 is, you will not have to fight, but you will still have to go down to the battle. You will not have to fight. The battle is the Lord's, but you still have to go down to the battle. Church, we've got to get that. We've got to get to the fact that we believe and we say amen, but we need to do some stuff. We need to know what the power of confession is, and we really, say really, Say truly. Say really truly. Say truly really. Say really really. Say truly truly. No, no, no. Guys, we really truly have to understand that in South Africa right now, in the world right now, let's, let's, let's do this. We know that the world has problems right now. We know that there's politics in America and that that politics flows over into almost the entire world. We know that we have politics in South Africa right now that are really, really bad stuff going on. But we cannot be silent. If we're going to see things change, we have to open our mouths to speak. Amen? 
And so he said, when you go down in the morning, he said, put the praises. Nathaniel doesn't know what I'm preaching. You don't know what I'm preaching. But the Holy Ghost does. And the Holy Ghost has already demonstrated the power of this morning's message in the worship. Because it said, when you go down, put the worshipers in front. And what were they singing? They were singing something which they said, in the beauty of holiness. What is the beauty of holiness? It's the, the holy of holies. It's the unseparated place behind the veil. It is in face to face with the Lord. In the beauty of holiness, sing these words. His mercy. Oh man, I've got goosebumps on my goosebumps, goosebumps. His mercy endures for where? For where? You worried about the last six months. But in month seven, his mercy will still be enduring. You worried about the last six years. But this morning, his mercy is still enduring. Sometimes we're like, really, Pastor, you don't actually know how long I've been going through this. Well, the Israelites went through 40 years in the wilderness. And Joshua and Caleb can tell you that his mercy is enduring. Joseph was in prison and he had a prophetic dream and it was 17 years since he'd had it. But Joseph will tell you that his mercy was enduring. I'm sorry I don't have an easy message for you and for me this morning, but we give up in the face of time, but God is timeless and He's going to be there forever and your answer is still coming. Do not, do not, do not give up now. His mercy endures forever. So if you go to Psalm, I mean, I had to check it. When Alvin started speaking about it, I went to my Bible immediately and said, I've preached on in the beauty of holiness because there's a number of places God spoke. I ran to my Bible and I started having a look. Last night I went, ooh, I know what I want to speak on. Let me quickly, I hadn't had a chance to go there. Went and had a look. Psalm 100 and uh, I think it's 114, 113, 218 is called the great Hallel. To Hallel means to praise. But Hallel is a multiplication of that word. And what they did was in all the great feast days, including, hold this one, Passover, they would sing the great Hallel. And the great Hallel basically starts in history at the opening of the flood. When they came through not the flood, the, the, the sea, the Red Sea. When they came through the Red Sea and they got through the other side and God drowned Pharaoh and all his chariots under the sea and the word that Moses had prophesied that said, as you see Pharaoh today, you will never see him again. When they got to the other side, they built themselves a monument and Miriam took a tambourine and Moses and they sang a hallelujah song. 
And so the history of that Psalms, the 130 to 118, actually declares historically where God has done stuff in the past and brought them through. I, 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 there was a, one preacher in my past who preached on that thing when they came through and Miriam took the tambourine and I was in an Afrikaans church at that stage and, and he grabbed the mic and he, Oh Lord, who is like you under all the gods, glorified and lifted up in all your deeds. Ah! His testimony stands. And then in Psalm 136, it goes to actually demonstrate what the great halal is all about. It says, verse after verse after verse, His mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. Do you remember in Matthew, I think it's 26 and Mark, Matthew and Mark recorded that the final thing that they did in the upper room on the night that Jesus was betrayed, it says, and they sang a hymn. And then they went out into the garden. I'd always wondered what that hymn was until I did the study. The great halal is hallelujah praise sang at all the great feasts, starting with Pesach which is Passover. Jesus gave the communion during the Passover feast. So what do you think they sang before Jesus had to face the cross? What do you think Jesus had them sing? And do you think it's coincidence that they sang? What? His mercy. Endure. Forever. It's tradition that says that Paul and Silas on the night that they were in prison at midnight when they sang. What do you think Paul and Silas were singing when God showed up and ripped the doors of the prison off? His mercies endure forever. You can know it. You can show it. You can have it in your mind and in your heart. But do you believe it? And if you do believe it, do you say it? Romans 10, 10, well, I think it's from about 8 till about 12, goes through, you believe with your heart and you confess with your mouth. And that is how you are saved. The power of the very gospel we believe in that saves us demands of us not only to believe it, but to say it. The warfare is in your mouth. From the very moment that God starts with this creation and earth, He said, and God said. God didn't think creation into being. God spoke creation into being. Guys, listen to me this morning. There is power in it. 
although nothing seems to have changed. I preached that thing about um, the 10th month, the 24th of the 10th month. I, I was honest with you the other day when I was, I was in a position that I didn't even, I was battling to believe my own sermon. That's how it was going with me at that stage. I preached it to you, I prophesied it to you, but I said, Lord, I don't even know what I'm prophesying. That's how it was going. But I had one faithful congregational member in my household called me wife. Me wife of me life. And so she started getting up somewhere at the beginning of October, also just by the grace of God. Not because she's good, not because she's a super Christian, but somehow God spoke to her and she started getting up early in the morning while I was still being very tired. And she started to sing. Every morning, she sang out of the kingdom. She said, I'm in the kingdom. The kingdom is in me. And so I'm singing out of the kingdom. I'm singing blessing on my husband. I'm singing blessing on my family. The Bible says, bless one another out of Zion. Zion is the kingdom. To the New Testament church, Zion is the place that you and I live. It's kingdom living. And they started blessing, she started singing blessing over us out of Zion. I cannot tell you it, that they are, they are too many and they're too numerous and they seem too little to actually mention each of them, but added up, it's huge what God has been doing for my family over the law, this church, our church, you, but me and Sean's personal prayer life for what happens at Kingdom Life. God has come through for us in the month of October like you will not begin to believe. And it looks so natural. It's flowing, you know, the coffee shop, the, the pizza oven, the, the, the children's church, the, the rental all the things that were going on, God started answering in the 10th month. To the extent that when you start to add it up and look at it, it creeps on you. It looks so natural, it looks so normal until you start looking at it seriously and adding it up and then start to realize, but when did this start? It started when we started speaking out of the beauty of holiness that his mercy endures forever. You will not have to fight, but you'll have to go down and sing. Confession can take the form of testimony. She had a beautiful encounter this morning, and I realized when I saw her and what was happening in the worship, that excitement that suddenly just overflowed in the, in, in the worship. That's not a natural thing. I knew God was doing something for numerous people. It can happen in a testimony. It can happen in a prophetic word. It can happen in the preaching. It can happen in the worship. But if you go and have a look, it's a verbal thing that's coming out of your and my mouth over our lives. When, when, when we do this, when we prophesy, a prophet prophesies a word. 
the individuals receive that word. But then the responsibility of the postman ends because all he has done is delivered the letter. Then those who receive the letter need to read the letter daily, the letter from their lover, to remind them how much he loves them. From the start of this morning, God has been saying to me over and over and over again, your breakthrough is very close. Your breakthrough is very close. You've been faithful, but it's been difficult, and sometimes you've felt you're hanging on by the quick of your nails and the, and the skin of your teeth, and you don't even know that you're hanging on. And sometimes you say, why am I hanging on? What, what is it all about? Is it worth it? But God says, very soon, very soon, you will look back at what you've been through and you will almost not believe what you've come through. Because God's about to break it open. Just keep on confessing. His mercy endures forever. Keep on believing the words that you've been given. Keep on hanging on to the message. Speak them aloud. Sing them. Sing it over you. And you'll see. You watch what I'm saying to you. And not just for them, but for all of you. I'm saying take your prophetic word, take what God's given you, and do something with it. The victory is in your mouth. In Ephesians 5, verse 26, it says about the bridegroom and the bride, it says he washed them with the water of the word. I wish I could take you through an entire study this morning. That he might sanctify and cleanse it. Who? The bride with the washing of water by the word. Next verse, please. That he might present it to himself. A glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. How? By the washing of the water of the word. Jesus prepared the church bride for himself by his words. Husbands, some of you need to learn how to wash your wife with the word. Oops. If you can't say amen, you've got to say ouch. Some of you not here. Black, black, on the Skobot flak van doors. Pits on water. Or something like that. In those places, there are some men that have got exactly what they've been saying. Oops. Aina. She's an old, cantankerous, 
battle axe. She's fighting with me all day long. I wonder why. Oh, I, I wasn't going to preach this, but now God gave me the opportunity to tell the joke. Did you see that clip about the guy that said to his wife, come here, come here. He said, I really believe there are angels. I believe in angels. He said, thank God for something. He said, but there are angels in the house. Love, really, there are angels in the house. She said, how do you know? <laughs> They're the ones I was telling her. He said, how do you know? He said, you must try it. I go into the bedroom. I get undressed from my work clothes, and I throw them all over the room. My socks in one corner, my pants in one corner, my shirt in another corner. He said, you will not believe it. Tomorrow when I come home, they've been picked up. They've put in the washing basket. The day after that, they come back to my room. Washed, ironed, folded, and they find their way supernaturally into my cupboard. He said, you must try it. Throw your clothes on the floor. He said, not only that, I eat my good sandwiches and stuff with my chips and my popcorn, and I mess all over the man couch. And I leave my dishes on the table. The miraculous angels come again. They pick up everything in the lounge. They wash the dishes. They put them back in the cupboard. And they even restock the popcorn. I'm so glad you can laugh still. Jesus washed the church with a word and then presented her to himself, a spotless, clean, perfect bride by the washing of the water of the word. Talking about Hebrews 4, and I've got to close, I've got to hurry. He says, the gospel, the good news, was preached to them, the Israelites, as it was preached to us. But they did not receive the promise because they did not mix it with faith. Faith is a confessing thing. Faith has to be spoken. I have to say, yes, Jesus Loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, yes, Jesus loves me, the Bible tells me. If I sing it enough, I'll get to believe it. If I believe it, I'll sing it some more. And guess what? What I'm singing will become a reality. And I will know my identity, that I am loved. To the extent that John could write about himself and call himself beloved.
this out. Nothing. Say it with me. Say nothing. Say nothing. Will separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Not height or depth or principalities or powers or things past or things to come. No light. No darkness, no life, no death will separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. I'm convinced that Paul had to pray that a number of times before it became something that he was persuaded about. The persuasion didn't happen just because he heard it and just because he said amen. It came because he had the grace of God. You see, grace is his empowerment. It's his ability upon your inability, the power to change undeserved. Grace is something that when I step out and I start singing this song, though I don't have the ability to actually even believe it, grace comes and empowers me. And that's why I said, the thorn that was in my flesh I prayed three times, it wasn't removed, but God said, my grace, my power upon your power, my ability upon your inability, the power to handle the storm, undeserved, is from me. And the minute you start to praise, the minute you start to worship, the minute you start to confess, the minute you start to testify, what happens is, what you're speaking becomes creative in your life, and the victory is in your mouth. Elvin doesn't really know what we preached and what we said on the first day of this year in 2020 when we made Second Chronicles 2020 our New Year prophecy. But when he said 2020 is connected to 2021 by the words his mercies endure forever and ever and ever. Amen. I've got so much more to say this morning, but I think I think that's the gist of it. Guys. Let's start, let's start to pray. Let's start to speak like never before. Confess peace over your country. Confess change out of the kingdom. For you rule and reign and are seated together with Christ Jesus. One of my pastor friends, or a guy I know, he's not so much a friend, but an associate, put up a post last night. He said, he's not the God of the Buddha. He's near Buddha God. 
Sorry, God. Just want to tell you. He's not the God of the Buddha. Neither is he the God of the Jews. Neither is he the God of the Germans. Neither is he the God of the Americans. Neither is he the God of the Zulus or the Khazars or the Ethiopians or the Ghanaians or any other person or country or nation. He is the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ in whom there is no shadow of turning. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There is no Greek, there is no Jew, there is no slave, there is no free, there is no male, there is no female. In Him we are all precious and we are all one and we need to pray for this country like never before. Everybody. Can I tell you something? And you can speak to the soldiers that are here. Nobody wins at war. Nobody wins at war. Go and ask the IRA after 40 years of civil war who won. Both sides will tell you, the Catholics and the Protestants, nobody, the guys who fought in the war lost on both sides. They lost brothers, they lost sisters, they lost children, they lost family members. Just bloodshed, just heartache, nothing more. Go and ask the Vietnamese who won. Go and ask the Kuwaitis who won. Go and ask the Afghanistanis who won. Nobody in that country won. There was a political agenda and the politicians walked away with the money in the pocket. It's a spiritual warfare. And I'm pleading with you as a church from the platform today to pray for our country like never before. In Jesus' name. Will you stand with me, please? Father, we pray for Paul this morning and for the doctors that are busy with him that he might not have to go through that operation for amputation, but Lord, that you would do a miracle in his life and that you would save him. Lord, we pray for little Luca. and We ask that that cancer will die and that it will fall out of his body by the root and also in Paul and also in all those suffering from cancer right now. We speak healing out of Zion. We pray for all those who are hungry and who are in poverty right now. Lord, we pray, we pray for provision, for food, for finances, for favor, and for jobs. Out of Zion, we bless them in Jesus' name. We speak all these things this morning, Lord, out of our mouths in continuum. We worship over this country. We praise and we give you thanks for your mercy endures forever and ever. Amen. You are blessed. You are blessed. You are blessed.
you are blessed. Go in peace. Amen.